Welcome to the Gin Ignite podcast. Whether you want to party or stay in, gin will ignite. This is the weekly show coming to you on a Friday, ready for the weekend, where we go through all things gin. If you want to find more out more information, catch me on Instagram at Gin Ignite or alternatively go to the website www.ginignite.com. Welcome to the show and let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to episode 11, coming to you on the 7th of August. Why is that a significant date? Well, I'm talking to Laura Bridge from Lava Spirits and she is releasing her two new gins today. And I'm going to be talking to her a bit later on about her journey to get to where she is now and her brands and more importantly, the flavours of her gin. So stay tuned for that. If you listen to me in a podcast directory and you have an opportunity, I'd be very grateful if you could review this podcast. Also, I'm keen to talk to distilleries out there about their journey and their brand and their gins. So if you'd like to come onto the podcast, please get in touch. As always, either via direct message on Instagram or Twitter at ginignite or podcast at ginignite.com. Also breaking news, Round of Gin is due to go live on the 10th of August. So getting very excited about that. So look out for the posts at Round of Gin. This week's recommendation. Now I'm very excited about this. I've kind of wanted it to be my recommendation for quite a long time. And it will probably come to no surprise to a lot of people that have been following me but it is Pitwheel's Original Spiced. I've been a big fan of Pitwheel ever since I was introduced to them by their hilarious posts on Instagram and I decided to take a bit of a punt to to try their gins. And as I've said before, I'm very keen for any distillery to provide a selection pack because I believe it gives you a good opportunity to taste the gins and decide whether or not you want to buy a full bottle. Now, I've tried all the Pitwheel gins and I loved their classic dry. I love the raspberry and vanilla. In fact, it was better than my Whitney Neal raspberry and it sort of um, surpassed that. But the original spiced out of all of them, and I've got to be honest, I was so surprised to say this to you, but it was the best one. I remember back in June trying it for the first time and thinking it was a bit going to be a bit like Offia gin. Now, there's nothing wrong with Offia gin. It's a very nice gin. But for me, it's perhaps a little bit too spiced. But this gin is exquisite the sort of palette starts as a dry gin but followed by a very very mild spice but just enough to kind of be there the nose of the gin is kind of a london dry but you've got that element of spice in the nose and it really is just my cup of tea so if you're looking for a sensational gin then look no further and give this one a try As normal, you'll notice that all week I will be adding Pitwheel to my stories. And if you have an opportunity to support them, I would strongly urge you to do so. So today we're joined on the Gin Ignite podcast by Laura Bridge. She is a bit of an enigma. She started her journey into gin back in the 80s and 90s in Italy. She then moved to the city of London 
and in 2018 decided she wanted to get off the rat race and got her Yorkie, Nala. She started doing long country walks and found there was a lot of fruit about in her village in Essex and she started making gin, albeit on a sort of small scale. The problem was it got to the autumn and she found that the fruit had run out and the entrepreneur in us decided, I need to find something else. I know, I know, what, what could it be? Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a bit later on and you will find out later. But hello, Laura. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Ben. I'm happy to be here. Nice to talk I, to you. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm very excited to because I, I know what, what we're going to talk about a bit later on, but uh, everybody else doesn't. So, uh, <laughs> so let's yeah, shall let, we keep the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's sort of start at the, the beginning. So you went to Italy and, and why why did you sort of decide to go to Italy? What what made you go there? Well, I went to Italy in the mid eighties and if you what well, you might not remember back in at that time, we were as you're so young, but we were having a bit of a recession here. And I was made redundant at the time I was working in publishing and I was working Brandon House at the time and I was made redundant and I was in my early 20s at that point I decided that I would do some traveling and my intention actually wasn't to wasn't exactly to Italy my intention was to take a year out travel around the world kind of do a bit of a gap year really okay before gap years existed (laughs) (laughs) My intention was to just travel around the world for a year and then come back to the UK after just one year and and see what was happening with, you know, the recession here and everything. But I went to visit a friend of mine who was living in Italy who had said to me, oh, Laura, on your travels, why don't you drop by and visit me? So I did. She was in Tuscany and uh, in Florence in Tuscany. So I arrived in Tuscany after I'd been I'd also been to visit someone in France on my way through and I just fell in love with Italy it was as simple as that it was for me it was like love at first sight so um yeah um one thing led to another as sometimes things do in life I was immediately struck by all the culture and the lifestyle the art the art history which was really interesting to me I started off by saying to her, you know, I'd like to hang around for a little while and maybe do a language course. I I didn't speak any Italian. This friend of mine said to me, you know, hang around as long as you like. You know, you can stay with me and we can hang out and you can go to language school. And so that's what I did. I signed up for a three month language course. And then after that three months, I just stayed and stayed and stayed. And life just happened, really. You know, sometimes life just happens like that and plans change I ended up staying there for about 15 years actually wow and and what were you what were you doing there what were you well um I did get to one point um originally like many expats that go to Europe they end up teaching English right I wasn't a qualified English teacher and it wasn't something that I particularly enjoyed doing so after about six months there I thought to myself if I am going to 
stay in Italy. I kind of want a proper job. With my publishing background, I actually um, managed through contacts that I made while I was there to um, to work in publishing, even on a small scale. I was writing and editing and doing a bit of everything, layout design and things like that for a small magazine there in Italy. And it actually became a bit like a timeout for various cities. We published like, a, 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 it was in English and it was for the English tourist. It was sold all over the country and we concentrated on events in Rome, Milan, Florence and Naples. So right. there were kind of four editions. So, so yeah, that kept me really, really busy. And it was a very small publishing. It was a very small magazine with not very many people there. Mainly Americans actually were working on it. So I made a lot of American friends while I was there. Sort of in the millennium, you, you sort of decided to, to come back to the UK and, and yeah, went to the city. So yeah, I mean, mainly personal reasons back here um my parents were elderly and it just seemed time to you know look at the option of coming back here Uh, and were you doing publishing again well no when I came back to the UK that was when my life kind of changed gear coming from kind of like (laughs) a more of a creative role difficult to get into publishing back here in the UK because I'd worked for my experience had all been with very little known publication and, you know, I hadn't had experience with working for a big publishing house for many years at that point. I transferred my skills really into the city. I worked for numerous large financial organisations in the city and then just recently for the last 12 years in the city. I was working for an offshoot of um, Fidelity Investments in their property investment arm, which which was absolutely great. I loved being in the city all through that time, actually, the, those 18 years from the millennium. There's just, you know, it's a city that's just so vibrant, so multicultural. And that's what I love. I'd love I love that multicultural vibe yeah. in city. And, and also, you know, the nightlife. I mean, when you're young at that point, I was kind of in my mid-30s, so I was still interested in, <laughs> in you know, the nightlife and the cocktail bars. And, and in fact, there was a gym bar just around the corner from my office in this little hidden alley oh, okay. at, the back of, at the back of St Paul's there. That was where I was based mainly. And then as the years went on, really, I just thought, okay, Mm, I think I've had my time, you know, with city life. It's time to reassess things and, you know, working in the city with long commutes and, you know, a stressful job. It it does take its toll on you after years and years. Yeah, absolutely. So it was it it was time to re- reassess really, and um, which is what I did. And I thought, you know, I need a better quality of life. I was living here in the Essex countryside anyway in in a small village and I thought I'd like to do something a bit more creative and where I also have time to enjoy my environment a lot more you know since I've changed this changed career again and I'm on this new path with my gins you know it's it's really important to me to have to still maintain that balance even though you know, running your own business is quite stressful. Uh, yeah. 
it's it's not the same kind of stress really it's kind of an a more enjoyable stress i guess <laughs> yeah i think i think so and i think i think with that kind of thing you're you're definitely in much more control aren't you because exactly. think when you work for a firm there's always something where you're beholden to somebody and if you know there's something you particularly don't want to do and you're made to do it it's not it's not great yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah the amount of stress I have now is the amount of stress that I place on myself really so <laughs> <laughs> which I don't like placing myself under too much stress yeah it's taken a little while getting it all together but not as long as some other uh, others that I have um, heard of no no absolutely um so you, you obviously in 2018, you, you sort of got off the sort of hamster wheel and you started making your adventures with, with your um, Yorkie Nala and you were yes. obviously walking around the countryside and that kind of thing. So what was the first fruit you sort of made into a gin? Well, it was slow, actually. My first experiment in my kitchen that started to go down really well with all my friends and family. So I picked more and more of those and the slow gin went down extremely well at Christmas then the spring uh, the spring after that with the abundance of fruits that I was seeing around me like I said with Nala being my leaving the city decision I'd always wanted a little dog but my lifestyle just didn't allow for it she was one of the decisions that I made when I left the city and yeah, she took me exploring really around around my the countryside and my surroundings to places that I really never knew existed. I mean, my previous life, my previous corporate life had just been about getting on the train in the morning and coming back in the evening, going to bed and then starting it again. I really didn't know the countryside that was around. So mm. When we started walking that spring and I saw the abundance of all the fruits and, and everything in the hedgerows and fields all around, I thought, wow, this is amazing. And, and really my time in Italy, because I, one of the things that I developed in Italy was obviously a love of their food and their flavours. And it was just, you know, going back to the Tuscan table, really reconnecting with that exploring flavors it was for me and like like I said to you before I started making jams and fruit tarts and things like that but then I thought this is just so abundant you know there's only so much jam a girl can eat (laughs) (laughs) and and did you have like the still actually in the kitchen is that how you how you did it sort of no 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 no, my base spirit is produced elsewhere. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, I guess. Okay, um, okay. So I, I was using with slow gins, it's um, the maceration compounding method. Right, um, okay. That, that was used for all my fruit gins. Yeah, one thing led to another and I was producing lots of fruit gins with blackberries and damsons and pears. And again, there was... They were going down really well with everyone. And then I hit on a new flavour once the abundance of fruits, as you said in your introduction, ran out. And I just sat there thinking, "Mm, what am I going to do now that it's winter? So I 
can I say what my? I, I think I think it's. I was just about to say. I think it's the time to reveal it. <laughs> Is it the time? It's, it's the time for the big reveal. The big reveal. I thought, hmm, what shall I do next through the winter? And I thought, well, if this is going to be a venture, it can't really be about the fruit gins because there just aren't enough. You know, one person, unless I sent an army out foraging, there wouldn't be <laughs> enough fruits to produce to a larger audience, really, sure. and to, to, to the market. So I sat there thinking about it. And I just had one of those what if thoughts, you know, and <laughs> can be very dangerous um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, what if I put some coffee in gin? I love coffee from all my, I love espressos and obviously drawing on all my Italian experience. And I love gin. And they're two things that the world seems to love at the moment. So, absolutely. and then I thought, and then I thought, no, Laura, that is the most stupid idea you have ever concocted in your life. That is, I'm not going to do that. But then, I don't know, curiosity got the best of me. I kind of slept on the idea and I woke up the next morning thinking about it still, the coffee thing. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a little play in the kitchen. I did. And when I tasted it, it was absolutely amazing. Really amazing. Although since then, obviously, I I was using just a coffee that an Italian coffee that I use in my it, it, in my daily life at that point. Right. I hadn't been down the researching coffee journey at that point, but even so, it was it was amazing. I liked it, and I started to try it out on a few friends, and they were like yeah this is something really different Laura I don't think you can sit on this one you know there are people out there making slow gin but something like this just is too good to sit on and keep a secret so I set two on my gin journey um, with kind of like 18 months of research researching the industry honing my recipe finding out about coffee as well as gin I've kind of been on two journeys one about <laughs> coffee and one about gin I, I I knew nothing about the drinks industry so that was a whole new industry that I needed to research and try and network in and go to trade events and gin festivals and so you know and then I needed to set up a distillery and I mean, it's been an amazing journey and I've just learned so much and met some really, really amazing people along the way. I've done all that. I've honed my recipe quite tightly. I'm loving it now. I'm really loving it. What's the flavour profile like? You know, what, how would you describe it when it's sort of first, your sort of first taste? What would it? Well, obviously, coffee is a strong flavour, so it's obviously not a juniper lead it's it's right. all about coffee it is coffee lead but the strange thing about this gin it the it's very simple the thing that i love about italian again drawing on my italian experience is that especially the tuscan table they combine very simple restrained flavors okay. that suddenly become on the palate quite complex Right. And and 
is one of those things. It's very smooth for a start. So it sits really nicely, both neat and on the rocks. Okay. Oh, and as you taste it neat, like gin drinkers or gin connoisseurs or, you know, any alcohol connoisseurs, you have to try it neat. It is very smooth. And the flavors, the depth of the flavors kind of come in waves. Okay. And and there's a lot there. And especially you do actually get to the juniper. I do certainly, and other people have said so. It might take some a little time. It depends on your palate. And everyone's got their own personal palate. But I would say the flavors that really come through are cherry, marzipan, vanilla. Are kind of the uh, uh, something quite chocolatey about it as well, but then the the juniper will kind of hit you in waves because there's a bit of citrus there in my base spirit as well. I've I I went to someone who made me a base spirit that really sits well with the coffee, which is it, which is quite an uncomplicated. I do love uncomplicated, simple flavors which is just juniper and citrus led, really. It doesn't have, you know, a multitude of botanicals right. like other gins. So, and it, but it's, and it's a London dry. And, you've, and, you've already and, and answered again, my next question. <laughs> what? <laughs> that it's a London dry. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a premium London dry because I really wanted this to be a premium spirit. And I think that's why... I've worked on it so long honing this recipe is it really I really wanted to to produce something magnificent and and completely delicious I think I've achieved that and and the feedback tells me that I've achieved absolutely it sounds so so it's great I just can't wait um yeah and then there's there's also another take on this because I'm actually I mean the main the main gin spirit that I'm producing is the coffee gin flavored spirit. And then I did a twist on that, which is coffee and orange um, oh, wow. flavored spirit. And that is amazing as well because it's it's heavy on the citrus and the aroma of the orange and the zest really comes through. All the zest oils really come through. And I think that is really going to be a favourite, the coffee orange, as well as the coffee. Um, and are they both going to be released on the 7th of August or is it just a... Yes, oh. yes. Um, yes, they're going to be released on the 7th of August is when I'm going live on my website. Yeah. So it's all very exciting. And I'm, I'm also doing quite a large ad campaign as well, Okay, um, which is which is coming out on the 7th of August. So there's no particular significance to that date, but I just kind of wanted to coincide everything together. Well, uh, it is significant because it's your, it's your live day. That's, you know, so that yes, is now, it is. it's now significant. So um, I'll come back, if I may, to the sort of, you know, what influenced your, your brand with regard to sort of Italy and the city and that kind of thing. But whilst we're talking yeah. about the, the, the release... How can people get hold of your your two gins? Well, they will be on my website. I'm producing in two sizes. I'm producing in a 70CL and a 35CL. Okay. I think with a very new spirit, a, a gin spirit, 
people might not want to spend out on you know a very large bottle sure so a 35 i think is a nice size really for people to try out and because i'm releasing two gins together at the same time you can get two for the price of one if you see what i mean oh okay so there will be, there will be an option there of of purchasing a twin pack of the two the coffee and the coffee orange 35 cls so yeah and i think they'll be very popular for gifting and things like that for people and also just you know for trying out it's going to be available on the website um later on it will I'll, I'll be posting on my website where else it will be available it's okay it's going it's going out to quite a few bars. In fact, there are a few local bars that are trialing it at the moment, just kind of a pre-launch trial. But those are very local bars. But I think these drinks are going to go down very well with mixologists and bartenders to have a play around with. And I myself have been working very closely with a mixologist okay. who, has been, who has been coming up with some fantastic recipes for me. Um, and has developed two signature cocktails for them, as well as all the other things that you can do. Because these are extremely versatile spirits. I, I, I said to you there that, you know, they're lovely, neat and on the rocks, but the versatility extends right into, you know, using it in long serves. One of the best long serves that I've come across is with Fever Tree Ginger Beer. And you know, over lots of ice, uh, yeah, that's one way. And and nowadays there are just so many different flavored tonics out there and mixes out there. So they sit very nicely in a long serve with some of the darker mixers. For example, Coca Cola have brought out some signature mixers um, okay. specifically for dark spirits, and obviously this is a dark spirit, so. It sits very well with some of those mixers, the Coca-Cola mixers in a long serve. And then obviously for cocktails, you know, a twist on some of the classics like an espresso martini, a coffee Negroni, and even into desserts, you know, throwing it. I, I think even chefs might like this actually to, to add into coffee desserts. I mean, I've used it in an Italian tiramisu it's you know wow. to make a dessert really boozy i've thrown it over just some ice cream which again is really gorgeous that that dish is actually called an italian dessert as well called an affogato yeah they sit really well in an affogato just with ice over ice cream and even over some fruit sorbets as a dessert it just sits really well so yeah i think chefs are going to love it in desserts, I think mixologists and bartenders are going to love it too to play around with cocktails. I'm I'm sure you know they can do so much more with it. And then of course there's the signature cocktails which are being kept secret until my website goes live. Well, absolutely, you've got to keep something secret. Yeah, and in fact, I'd quite like to develop a, a lava spirits cocktail book. That would be quite fun to do. Um, you know, maybe on social, getting people to develop their own takes on my spirits would I, I think you know i've certainly certainly seen a lot of people on on social doing that you know giving it sort of pre-release to mixologists um certainly vanessa who came on last week 
she has been asked by a couple of people, you know, to, to do that. And it's, uh, I think it's really, really great because you sort of see all the different things that, you know, she's yeah. done with, with a, um, with a spirit. Um, so before it's even launched, it's kind of, you know, you can see, you know, what, what's possible really. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it mustn't be confused really with some of the coffee liqueurs out there because it isn't sweet at all it is very slightly sweetened i mean there are quite a lot of coffee liqueurs out there but this is something totally different this is a full proof you know it's 37 and a half percent proof it's not sweet at all on the palate but but to me a, a good london dry one of my assessments is always is how smooth is it and it is, if it's smooth enough to have as a liqueur then to me that makes a london dry it's still got to you know you've got to have all the essence of it being london dry you've got to have a bit of you of know sort course. of juniper kind of uh flavor somewhere in there yeah. but yeah you know i i like uh, you know i love sort of martin miller or um pitwheel distillery their sort of uh classic dry is is you know the flavor profile is just kind of very very smooth and you get you sort of get an initial dryness but then you, you quite often i find in in really good gins get get that sweetness kind of at the end of the flavor profile yes yes and you do you do here with with this because a lot of the sweetness actually comes from the coffee beans the roasting of the coffee beans right because what i found with on my journey with coffee it's you know, obviously coffee beans have to be grown at a certain altitude and in, um, you know, in certain climate conditions and in the right soil to produce great coffee beans. But a great coffee bean can easily be destroyed by a bad roaster. And it, it is these artisan roasters that do such a fantastic job, some of them, in bringing the sweetness out of the coffee because the coffee beans are sweet in themselves with the right roaster they don't have to we don't have to all drink bitter coffee we we do a lot of that in the uk <laughs> but but you don't have to there are some fantastic fantastic artisan um roasters out out there that that can just bring out the real flavor of the coffee and I found these guys I trekked around you know half the country looking at at coffee and different origins and the roasting um looking at the roasters specifically and it, it is all about the the roasting yeah so anyway these guys produce a fantastic well they've done me my own blend actually that sits oh wow yeah and um it's 100 percent arabica coffee with two beans that are blended that they've blended for me and it, it's just roasted to perfection these guys are they just have a true art yeah I take my hats off to them <laughs> fantastic so we're obviously recording this on the 21st of july but it's not being released until you know the the 7th of august which is live day you know which is yeah. probably quite good on your stress levels and that kind of thing so uh, can you tell me a bit more about the you know your house sort of italy and your spell in the the city 
kind of influenced your brand and tell me a bit more about your your brand um well my brand is a bit quirky i mean i'm very into the artisan side of things myself and and okay. it is a premium handcrafted i i haven't shown you the bottles yet but you'll see from the bottles that they're all hand finished they're all hand waxed by me and that's something that again i think i drew on from my experience in italy is how the italians have managed to maintain a lot of their artisan um craft you know in many different spheres and and that's something that i wanted to really bring to the fore is you know the hand crafting of especially for me the bottle as well as the liquid that's inside so yeah the bottles are all hand done by me the label design is beautiful that that was a journey in itself actually if we've got time to talk i think that would be a whole set pro- program talking about my label design it was actually designer number 3 that okay. actually nailed that actually nailed my label because previously designers had kind of latched onto lava spirits as being about molten lava okay um and it has nothing to do with molten lava at all i was kind of getting bottles proposed to me by designers that were kind of looking like lava lamps which i really didn't want no. didn't didn't want so um so yeah i finally got there the emphasis actually isn't really on the brand name i have really made coffee the star of the show it's a clear bottle so the liquid shines through the design is very simple quite sophisticated just very simple black and white with a pop of red for the for the coffee berries because obviously coffee berries are red i'm i'm really happy with them now so uh, so so you've got your chance you know that all those designers and everybody out there saying oh well i don't really understand it's lava what what does lava what does lava mean here's your your chance to tell the world um well i'm actually not going to tell the world okay <laughs> fair enough uh, the origins of lava because i i thought i would have some fun with it do a competition actually oh even um, better uh, yeah after a few posts i think i'm going to put a competition out there and and ask people to guess from a few snippets um of my history where the the name where where with the name from and yeah. is this and, this episode's first, full of mystery <laughs> that get it right we'll get free bottles of oh my, brilliant yeah so so look out for the com- lava competition yeah you heard it here for, first folks so <laughs> yes Okay well so, I think uh, I think that's quite a good sort of place to kind of um you know sort of really sort of bring things to the to a to a close because uh you know we're just leaving people with a, an edge of mystery to uh, yeah uh, yeah so with regard to sort of people getting in touch with you and, and and in contact where's the best sort of place to find you on on social media um well I'm on social media um on instagram at lava spirits okay and 
um, the same, it's Lava Spirits on Facebook um, and Twitter. And, and is um, there, is there yeah. a better one of those for people to contact you on or are you happy? I think, I think my mate, I, I love Instagram personally. Yeah, um, I'm, so, a, I'm a big Instagram fan too. So yeah, I do love Instagram. So um, I think my concentration is going to be on Instagram and then I'll post across to the other platforms. Um, maybe not everything, but slightly different things or you know, post the same posts across to the other platforms for people that don't really, aren't really into Instagram. Because I know not everybody is. I mean, so many people that I know are, but not everybody is so insta into Instagram. No, I, I must say, I've, I've been really surprised at how many people have been contacting me on Twitter recently. You know, I sort of yeah had quite a few. Yeah. I, I don't really, you know, I'm very, you know, focused on, on Instagram really, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I am on yeah. Twitter, and it... my my focus will definitely be Instagram at Lava Spirits. So, okay. and what what about the website? Is at love um yes at lavaspirits.co.uk. Okay, brilliant. So, so yes, you can find me there and contact me there, buy there as well. Eventually, I think after the first few months of launch, it will be more available through some of the other online sales portals as well such as master of malt etc i haven't yet decided where they will where it will go it will certainly go somewhere like that okay brilliant as well well before yeah. you go i always like to ask this two questions of people <laughs> so what okay. is your favorite gin other than your own okay. and how would you yeah. serve it Oh, in fact, this, I actually love a Brockman's gin. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's number two for Brockman's. Oh, really? Yeah, um, it is. It is a lovely, lovely gin. And I love the Brockman Guide story as well. And in fact, they were, they were developing their recipe for 10 years before they launched. Wow. So, <laughs> yes. Yes, so my little two years um, pales into insignificance, really. Indeed. So, yeah, so they really honed their recipe and they have the most fabulously smooth, I don't know if you've had a Brockman's. I haven't, um, but I think I'm going to have to get it now because uh, yeah, now two of you of said those, it. It's one of those gins. I mean, as you know yourself, there are some gins that, you can't drink neat at all, you know. No, they you just can't. But Brockman's they've developed a gin that you really can drink neat. They, they get their junipers wild from Tuscany, so that's another reason why I love them. And it, they've just got that citrus and berry combination, which are flavors that I love again from my from my italian background i guess okay. and um, and would you serve it on I its own or, or or with paired with something no i think i would serve it with a, a very simple tonic i wouldn't serve it with a flavored tonic okay. but i think i would add in just a few a couple of blueberries maybe and a blackberry and and a little bit of grapefruit to really bring out the it's that sharp sweet Thing, you know the sharpness of the grapefruit and the the sweetness of the berries 
it, it's just a flavor combination that I'd love, but I'd keep the tonic very simple. Okay. So just a sort of um, standard yeah. tonic, or would you so, sort of go to Mediterranean, perhaps? Or no, no, I no. wouldn't go to Mediterranean. I wouldn't. I would keep it simple and just go for a very simple, you know, plain tonic. Personally, but that's my personal palate. Yeah, um, but that, that's that's what we're you know it's it's so interesting finding out how people not only what gins they like but how they serve yeah. them because it's always so different. Yeah. Yeah. I always worry that I'm very boring, really, because I, I tend to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. I think I'm quite boring as well. Um, and I've been drinking gin for so yeah. long. Yeah, I've been drinking gin for so long, even before it was fashionable. You know, I started drinking. Well, all my life, I've only ever drunk two alcoholic drinks. One is gin and the other one is red wine. Uh, you know, I have explored a lot of gins in my life, simple and complex and you know and you and and during my research obviously I'd had so much opportunity to drink so many try so many different gins and obscure gins as well and some of them are good and some of them don't sit so well on my palate so <laughs> but it's it's all a, it's all a personal thing isn't it because we all have our absolutely personal yeah palate. I like very simple restrained uncomplicated flavors that okay. just shine they don't need i personally my personal opinion for my palate i don't need something to be you know loaded with so many spices and what have you i like quite simple flavors that combine really nicely together and just you know wow the palate really and and the last question uh what does gin mean to you well well Clearly, it means everything to me right now. Um, it's like gin is my life. <laughs> but like I was saying, I think gin for me all my life, kind of, I, I started drinking gin, as I, as I said before, when I was like 18 years old. And it was something that was, I aspired to, be like sophisticated and classy that's that's kind of what it, it's all about an experience gin for me it's all about savoring a moment yeah I, I, I think that gin gin for me is always drunk when I really want to savor a moment and uh and create a memory and um yeah it needs to be sophisticated and classy. Absolutely. Well, I think we've we've definitely savoured a moment here. Um, <laughs> I am really looking forward to seeing your brand go live on the 7th of August when this podcast comes out. I wish all yeah. the luck to you and thank you very thank much you. for coming on the Gin Ignite podcast. Thank you very much and thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much to Laura for coming on the show. Please look out for my review of her two gins coming at the weekend. Anfield Gin gets a special shout out this week because they have finally revealed that Mark and Chelsea are the father and daughter dynamic duo behind the brand. They released that on a really good post that I saw and I did respond and I said, you know, maybe you want to come on to the podcast and tell us all about it. So 
I really do feel there's an episode of the podcast coming very, very soon with Anfield Gin in it. As you know, I'm a big Martin Miller fan and I do like their original gin as a dry martini. But they've now suggested having the Martin Miller Summerfall Gin, which is their summer-based gin, also as a dry martini. Mm, interesting. Definitely going to have to have a try of that. Worthing Gin have had a great post this week. They said, oh, look, there's a message in the bottle. Look, it looks like Worthing Orange Blush Gin. <laughs> and you, it, the, it sort of pans over to this massive plastic bottle of gin with a great big label on it as they said essentially telling you where you can buy their gin but also and this is the shout out that i'd like to give so if you get a chance and you're in the worthing area in west sussex then please do go and visit them you can easily see them in their blue van that they have and go and get a gin from them fantastic i mean what's better than a summer's day with a bit of gin and tonic obviously massingbird monday which are an exciting sort of new distillery they had a live this week with glass of gin underscore packet of seeds on Friday and it was very, very informative. And they've got some new packaging which showcases the South Ormsby 3000 acre estate that they're from. Now watch this space because I have a feeling they might be coming on the podcast very, very soon. This week's Instagram shout out is to Mothers underscore not underscore ruined underscore. She's recently changed her logo and the last one was good, but this one is amazing. It's a, like a turquoise blue background with her Dalmatian dog, cocktails, some plants and gin. Absolutely amazing. Now her, her Dalmatian has appeared in many pictures, but I must say I would really like them to be in a lot more. Really liked her entries into Drinkbordon, especially the one with the tennis racket and flowers and, and the cocktail sort of sitting there just next to a tennis ball. She really is amazing with her posts. They're so colourful and she always seems to have a really great background. I don't know where she gets her backgrounds from, but I'd love to know, actually. So if you get in touch, I will announce it on the podcast because they are really, really amazing. And she's always really, really creative. I love the gin bramble, courtesy of Bloom Gin that she had. And it was sort of like a red-based post with a glass with Mother's Not Ruined on it. But that was also showcased in red. It was really, really amazing. And then she had like a blue post. And I'm not quite sure. Again, the background was amazing. I'm not quite sure what it was. But it was like a mug with gin is always the answer on. Absolutely amazing. As usual, I would love to hear from you. So if you want to get in touch at Gin Ignite on Instagram or Twitter via direct message, or you can get hold of me at podcast.ideas at ginignite.com if you've got ideas for the podcast or gin.gossip at ginignite.com. The thing that I like about the gin community that I've met so far is that nobody judges anyone for what they believe, what they look like or who they choose to be. The world would be a better place if everyone took that view. Grab your drink, toast those you love, enjoy your weekend, and whether you decide to party or stay in, I will be with you in spirit. Seriously though, enjoy your weekend, and I look forward to joining you for another episode next Friday. Cheers! <laughs>